You're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast, where your hosts, Nick Riley and Paul Henderson, are going to take you for a ride inside the world of personal finance. Together, we're going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. Sitting here with Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice and a, a client advisor, and you know, we do a lot of talking about the industry and talking about experiences we have with clients, but we thought it would be fun to take a moment and just learn a little bit about the the people behind the the voices on this podcast. With that in mind, let's let's start with just some basic details. Nick, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from. You know, well, we, we talk about one day often. So, you know, what would your your one day look like? I yeah, I'm I'm born and raised in Edmonds, Washington. So it's a, a town about 15 minutes north of Seattle. For those of you uh, listening, not around the the Pacific Northwest area, it's the first ferry terminal uh, north of Seattle. So uh, it's it's kind of the landmark for Edmonds. It's a little port port town, a uh, great place to grow up. But uh, yeah, as far as what. I would do, and this is a question we often ask our clients: is is if you had one day to spend however you want, you how would you spend it? And I'm turning it's the tables often, on you a little bit. Kind of, yeah, kind of nice to, uh, you know, think about that for myself and what that means. And and I think if I had one day to spend however I wanted to spend it, uh, assuming there's no you know financial uh, barriers to that, uh, I would definitely be in the sun on the water. Uh, ideally some some lake house out there some lake house i don't own yet uh, but being able to get up in the morning have a cup of coffee jump in the lake uh, read for a bit uh, spend time with my family uh, go out wakeboard wake surf spend time on the water Uh, maybe if i have some time and there's local mountain bike trails just go out and hit the mountain bike track for for a bit uh, and then just really spend spend the evening uh, with with you know those uh, that are closest to me, my family and close friends, and playing games all night. I, I love love playing board games and all sorts of card games and stuff. So, uh, yeah, if I had one day, that's what I would do. It spend. It. I like the the draw of the water. Uh, if you're from outside of the Northwest, you know it might not make sense about ferry terminals, but I like your you know true Edmonds roots of we're measuring with with ferry terminals, and then your your best day is is on the water. So there's definitely yeah. Absolutely. And I will say, uh, you know, Edmonds is on the you know, salt water. So the Puget Sound, uh, I am much more of a freshwater person uh, than I am a, a salt water. And I, I know, Paul, <laughs> we're going to part uh, ways on that one. A little yeah, bit. we're going to part ways. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love the freshwater and I love really jumping in all water, uh, whether I'm out hiking or doing anything like that. So I'm a little uh, surprised yeah. that Edmonds didn't also bring up the pancake hoss or you know, bakery or things that stand out in my mind for it for, as an outsider. There's some nice little uh, touristy things to do in Edmonds for sure. <laughs> Great. So, so that's your, that's your one day. Maybe, you know, it, it's a hard question and we, we do that on purpose when we're talking with our, our clients to kind of get a sense of how they think and what's, what's really important to them. But we all do lots of different things. You know, I'm sure you left some stuff out there. So any other hobbies or you know things you like to do outside of work that maybe don't make that one day but are interesting about you 
Yeah, I mean, depending on the season, I, I love uh, I love snowboarding, skiing. I do a little bit of both. Uh, so I grew up doing both, and it's it's kind of uh, weather dependent. If it's if it's very cold and I feel like bundling up, uh, nothing better than being on skis and not having to get on your butt and strap in. Uh, so that's always nice. If it's icy, it's nice having two blades under your feet rather than one uh, to slip and slide on. If it's powdery. Uh, there's nothing better than being on a snowboard, in my opinion, uh, being able to go through the trees and, and go through fresh powder. So, uh, yeah, love to do those things. And uh, just being outside in the Pacific Northwest, there's so much to offer out here. And, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, that, that's the theme I'm, I'm getting out, outside <laughs> and you know, maybe in the sun if, if possible. Exactly. So. I'll let you choose which way you want to go with this. You know, the one one question I'm always curious about is, you know, if you weren't a financial planner, what would you be? And if that's not the direction you want to go, what about just how would you end up in the financial services industry and kind of the background there and what what pulled you into it? Kind of your your thought process or or your your history. Yeah. So if if I was not a financial planner today, I'd probably be, you know, in some role related to. Uh, being a fitness coach or in nutrition, uh, I kind of think of a, a chiropractor, and I, I know that might have a negative connotation for some because uh, there's all sorts of different types of uh, chiropractors out there, those who just crack your back versus those who may crack your back if necessary, but they'll focus more on your mobility and and getting your muscles working uh, in the correct manner. So growing up, I always had the goal. I loved basketball. I always wanted to dunk a basketball. And that was my focus in middle school, high school timeframe. So of course, I would get online and read everything I needed to know about optimizing my uh, my approach to the hoop, uh, the science behind what I need to eat at certain times of the day in my training, how to increase my, my production of ATP and my muscles to provide a greater output. I absolutely love the science uh, behind fitness and how the body works. So uh, if I wasn't a financial planner today, I'd probably be in some you know health fitness related uh, type of work. Uh, but that's oftentimes also why I draw a lot of connections uh, in the financial planning realm to the health and fitness industry as well. I look at ourselves as as kind of physical trainers uh, or you know fitness coaches where we help people get financially fit uh, here at one day advice and and uh, you, know, you know from a physical training perspective uh, you might you know hire a trainer to to you know nurse uh, nurse a certain aspect of your fitness back to where you want it to be and uh, you take that knowledge and 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 run with it and uh, you know it's, it's great to have that type of coach in your corner you know, I've been in those conversations with you. So it's, it's helpful to have a little bit of background on, on where that came from. Just, you know, you left it out and I don't want to drum up anything, you know, bad memories, but did you ever dunk the, dunk the basketball? I did. Yeah. Okay. I, you just let I, left that I, hanging I, there. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember, uh, first time I dunked a tennis ball, uh, was, was end of eighth grade and then freshman year of high school it was a volleyball. Uh, and then sophomore year of high school, I finally got uh, the full basketball in on a, a 10 foot regulate regulation size hoop. Uh, and then my peak was probably my <laughs> freshman year of college uh, before I tore my hamstring and my LCL oh, tendon. And, and it was uh, 
haven't been able to jump the same since. And that's yeah, torn hamstring. I'm a financial that. planner and not in the NBA. <laughs> this is the only other reason. The other obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, that's that's great. So that you know, interesting kind of background and it ties together why you kind of often compare what we're doing to to the the physical training world. But what what caused that push? You know, what what pulled you away from the physical training and really kind of caught you with financial planning. What yeah. was behind that? So I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a, a dad who was a financial advisor. Uh, so he was kind of the original like stockbroker back in the day. Uh, if you, if anyone's watched the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith, he was that guy uh, going through the training, you know, with, with Merrill Lynch uh, back in the you know late seventies, early eighties, and you know he witnessed a lot of change through the industry, where uh, it moved from commission based uh, selling products to more advice based and, and investment management type services, uh, largely thanks to the vanguards and Schwabs of the world. But anyways, I, I grew up with with him, you know, watching CNBC in the morning, getting ready for work, and I loved watching uh, the news in the morning with him. And watching CNBC, the latest stock picks, and and watch all the the ticker symbols go back and forth on the bottom of the screen, and and I would create my own spreadsheets of of tracking you know where Apple was or Microsoft or or Google, you know other other names at the time too, and I was fascinated with investing at a very early age because because of that, and it inspired me to want to be. You know, I wanted to be a hedge fund manager out in New York or or San Francisco because I love the investment side. Uh, but then I realized that that I really enjoy working with the individuals behind the money rather than the money itself. And uh, when you're working with money, it's just a it's a dollar sign, it's a figure, but you don't see the impact that it has on the individuals behind that money. And that's where uh, financial planning really comes into play. Is is you can make a direct impact on. Uh, someone's personal life by helping them to optimize their financial life. And did you feel like you saw that from watching your dad? Was that something that came, you know, over time, either like during college years or as you entered the the industry? Where did when did you kind of have that aha moment? Yeah, so I've I've had a few aha moments uh, in looking back over over my career. You know, one one being I. I I was raised reading the you know, richest man in Babylon book, the, the the classic book that teaches you to pay yourself first, and uh, you know, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, the millionaire next door, all these kind of wealth building uh, strategies and stuff. And I realized growing up that a lot of other people weren't reading those, and a lot of people didn't understand about you know certain aspects of personal finance. So it made me want to educate more and 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 use that background that i had uh in a positive way and i guess that's what kind of groomed me into the industry that i'm in today so i guess on that note you know can you give us a maybe an overview of your your career story up to this point where so you, know, you kind of have this the, the multiple aha moments you i know you're president of the investing club at wazoo you had kind of a, a multiple, oh, multiple options coming out of college. You can you kind of track us through that that experience and yeah. what it looked like for you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start back in college. I, I pursued a finance degree and I got involved with the the 
finance, real estate, uh, insurance club, uh, called a fire club, uh, and, and ended up being the, the president of that uh, for Washington State University there. And uh, senior year, when it came time to looking through the job search and everything, of course, I got recruited by all the typical college recruiting firms uh, in the financial services, services industry, like Northwestern Mutual, Fisher Investments, Edward Jones, and others. Uh, the ones that largely prey off of the fresh graduates, and I can I can speak to you know just those interviews, understanding a little bit more about the industry than their typical, uh, I guess, interview candidate because I understood the the industry as a whole, and uh, you know Northwestern Mutual specifically, they they I knew they wanted my uh, my Rolodex, my my contacts, my personal contacts. If I didn't make it there, they would they would own that moving forward, and that was enough value for them to to interview me through that process. Fisher Investments they uh, they wined and dined me. There was a, a group of I believe ten to twelve of us that they flew uh, on on a you know regional plane from from Pullman, Washington, where I went to to college, uh, to Camas, Washington, which is outside of Portland. They put us up in a nice hotel. They gave us a daily stipend to spend on restaurants and stuff. Uh, they really wined and dined us, and and it gave me an inside look into the culture of Fisher Investments and how, uh, you know, how much they charge uh, or overcharge the the investor, and they're really more of a, a marketing firm than they are an investment firm, to be honest. Uh, you know, they Fisher has Ken Fisher, the founder, is he's done a phenomenal job of getting the, the word out there. Uh, but, and then I look at Edward Jones, you know, being recruited by them, you knocking on doors, uh, their whole concept there. I just felt like all those places wanted me to sell their specific products and proprietary services. Uh, and I didn't feel good taking in any of those jobs. So I ended up, uh, joining my dad at the time he was at Wells Fargo advisors, which through a series of buyouts from the financial crisis. Uh, it used to be AG Edwards and Wachovia bought them out and then Wells Fargo bought Wachovia. Uh, so my dad was at Wells Fargo Advisors at the time. And, you know, he was in the later stage of his career and and uh, had his own, you know, book of clients and everything, but wanted me to build, uh, build my own uh, book of clients as well. So here I am fresh out of college trying to <laughs> talk to retirees, pre-retirees about their money and, and have them put their place, their trust in me, the recent college grad, uh, in, in, in providing them with the solutions that they needed to retire on their, on their own terms. And, uh, I, you know, went through the whole training program there and, you know, quickly discovered how, Similar it was to the other companies that I mentioned and many other com companies in the industry at the time too, where it was so much you know, product focus. In order to keep my salary, I had to keep a, a certain quota. In order to hit quota, I had to sell the larger commission products, uh, which oftentimes were the annuities, the, the A-share mutual funds uh, that, that provide like a, a high upfront commission to to the advisor and ultimately are just <laughs> buried in, in fees for the, the client. And I, I did that once in order to hit quota and I felt horrible about myself. And I, I knew from that point onward that I, I wasn't going to go down that route on the brokerage side. 
So I transitioned to the independent registered investment advisory world. I went to a, a, a large regional firm here in the Seattle Bellevue area. I worked there for a few years and you really got great experience just working on financial planning, using my certified financial planner designation that I, I had gotten uh, while I was at, uh, after I had graduated college. And uh, was, it was great to be able to work with ultra high net worth clients uh, that, that had more money than they, they knew what to do with in a sense and, and try to figure out ways to optimize their financial situation uh, as as a legacy to be able to pass on to their kids and their grandkids and stuff. So how was that uh, culture that, shock going from? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a culture shock going into, you know, from the brokerage side being, you know, I guess fee based, uh, which allowed me to sell commission products, but also uh, do fee fee only work. Uh, so I was kind of a hybrid uh, in a hybrid position there to the RIA side where the only way that they charge clients was on a flat percentage uh, fee on the assets that, that they managed, and you know that was that was roughly around one percent of assets, uh, you know, at the firm that I worked with, and and I learned a lot from there. It was, it was definitely a big culture shift, uh, more towards a focus of of the client them, themselves. Uh, but of course, uh, I started to discover things that I felt like you. Know, could improve the client experience or there's things that that could be better and i felt like the financial services was so stuck in the stone age i've never uh, heard anyone say of, that before <laughs> lack of a better way of putting it uh they just weren't using technology to better serve their clients and and there's just so many systems and processes that they had in place that uh were super clunky uh it created uh easy holes in the service model where you would forget certain things to do for for your clients uh, because they weren't using simple technology that was available uh, to kind of correct that human error aspect. So I I wanted to start my own firm at that point. And uh, yeah, so I, I transitioned, you know, from that into one day advice. Great. And I think there's there's probably a fair amount to unpack on on the one day advice side about, you know, how we use technology, how we are trying to, I, I think it's not too crazy to say revolutionize the RIA world and, you know, make sure that more people can get fiduciary advice than ever before. I'll, I'll leave that though, for the time being, because I think we want to focus on, on you and, you know, maybe tell me a little bit about your, your vision for the, the future. You know, so we know where you are now, we know kind of how you got here where are you going? What's, what's next? What's your, you know, what lights your fire and, you know, gets you up in the morning to, to, to improve? Yeah. So I think what, what gets me fired up is, is the aspect that, that, uh, you know, if, if you had one day going back to that whole concept, uh, you know, you, you notice that I, I didn't mention anything about, uh, you know, looking through my balance sheet and and running through financials, uh, using the data to in, you know invest and buy in stocks. Uh, if if most people were given the chance, they wouldn't spend their day working on their financials. And uh, that being said, I think you know, fine, you know, personal finance is interwoven into all the other aspects of your life. And I look at the main pillars of your life being being your health, uh, your relationships, both you know 
spiritual and you know, personal relationships with family and, and friends and all that. Uh, and then you have the, the financial side of your life as well. And, uh, you know, finances, for instance, are the number one cause for divorce. And, you know, if you don't have, uh, you know, you know, proper health financially, you might not treat yourself uh, in, a, in a good way from a physical health perspective. And you might not, uh, it, it just impacts your life in so many other ways. So that's where I, I see financial planning evolving is towards more of a financial life planning approach, uh, where advisors are, you know, kind of evolving towards more career coaches, more life coaches, but also taking an angle of how to optimize uh, their client's financial life in order to get the most out of other aspects of their life. And and so we at One Day Advice take the approach from the financial side, but we definitely have conversations that, that seep into other aspects of our clients' lives uh, to make sure that we can have a lasting impact. I, I think that's that's a great summary of of what we do, and you know, I think I, d- I definitely agree. Just in my own experience, that you know, I can I can see the shift in the industry towards that direction. And you know, there's sometimes people fall back on this as an excuse. You know, there's it's an art, not just a science for financial planning. But I'm I'm a firm believer of once you once you understand the science, then that frees you to practice the art. And you yeah. know, you, you, both are important. You can't just skip right to the, you know, advice and coaching, but you know, you, you need to put in the time and learning first, and then you can really, I think, uh, blossom as a practice for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I look at, you know, technology. So we, I brought up technology a bit in some of my frustration around the industry today. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about, technology really disrupting the industry today. You you have the robo advisors out there that that offer a lower cost investment management service that's automated, does tax loss harvesting, all things that an advisor can do uh, you know, at a at a cheaper cost, but they don't address the the deep need around the financial planning side. So I look, I've always used the analogy of of uh, you know, I love the movie Iron Man. I love the comic Iron Man. And Tony Stark it was you know, is a genius. Robert J- Downey Jr. played played him uh, perfectly, but you know, in by himself, he was a very very smart guy, and uh, you know, he built the Iron Man suit. And as soon as he steps into that suit, he becomes Iron Man. So he becomes a better version of himself uh, because of technology, and that's where you know, I'd like to kind of imagine myself each, each morning stepping into that Ironman suit using the technology that we have today to better serve our clients and do so in a way that, that can help them live a more fulfilling life. Uh, so I, I think we at One Day Advice just really grasp technology. And because we're a, a smaller regional firm, we can, we can be more agile in, in adopting the wonderful solutions that are coming about in the fintech side. So I love following that. And uh, it allows technology allows us to compete against the larger firms like the Northwestern Mutuals and Fisher Investments, Edward Jones of the world, Merrill Lynch, UBS, you name it. Uh, you know, we can compete against those types of companies because we 
are able to reduce our overhead significantly by the use of technology. Uh, and that allows us to pass the cost savings on to our clients and, and provide a lower cost uh, solution uh, with you know, much more value attached to that because they're speaking with a, a certified financial planner who understands them, uh, understands the context of the, the, their financial life in general and can help them optimize moving forward. Yeah, that's it's great. I, I fully fully agree. I just envisioned the you know it's easier to turn a little ski boat than it is a freighter. And I, I look at our our firm, our you know smaller people like us are just able to respond in a you know everyone's floating, but only only some are able to go really the direction that they need to go at a moment's notice. You know, anything else that you think uh, a listener wants or should know about you or? Should we call it time for for now? Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about uh, the industry in general, and I, I know we'll have episodes on that. Uh, I guess just real quick, uh, you know, one question I get asked quite a bit is is you know, why one day advice and you know why uh, what inspired the name and uh, I. <laughs> a lot of people think of it as like one a day advice or, you know, the vitamin company and uh, other aspects. But I, I look at one day advice as as uh, kind of a dual meaning where like, if you do uh, the right things uh, each and every day, uh, you will one day have what you set out to achieve. So it's 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 both you know, living in the present with that one day that you have. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's it's a matter of how we utilize that time. Uh, so using that uh, in a productive way will uh, you know help you get to that future one day state that you're trying to uh, you know, get out and you know and achieve uh, by taking those small steps and you know small actions each day. So that's kind of the the premise of of one day advice, and and we look forward to being able to work with more people, and you know we are educators uh, at heart and uh, we lead with education and love to uh, you know create a more financially literate uh, you know generation uh, you know both our generation and the generations after us as well well I think we'll we'll leave it here thanks for putting up with some questions and kind of diving into your past and you know as we end every episode we'll always invite people to any you know listeners say or reach out with questions you know, never hesitate to you know shoot us an email let us know if you know you have particular questions that you want to know about us or the the firm what we do anything like that we're we're always available and happy to to talk hi i'm nick riley the founder of one day advice if you like what you've heard we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word after all we are financial educators not marketers Thanks for listening and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent registered investment advisor. Paul Henderson is the director of financial planning at One Day Advice. Both Nick and Paul serve as wealth advisors to their clients. All opinions expressed by Nick, Paul, and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of One Day Advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.